Hi, I'm Bella Johnson-Martin and I'm hosting the very first episode of Sport Ed, the podcast talking all about sport, health, fitness and life, right from the people involved here at the University of Edinburgh and hosted by the Sports Union. Welcome. We're so excited to bring this podcast out to get us chatting through lockdown, find out what's going on in the Edinburgh sport world and get to know you. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch our next episode where we'll bring you more from Sport at Edinburgh. We've got a very exciting episode for you today. We're talking to some of the Sportsball Award winners on how it feels to be Athlete of the Year. And speaking of Sportsball, we'll be featuring some of your funniest, most embarrassing Sportsball stories too. First up, we've invited rugby player Sarah and swimmers Jack and Lucy for a virtual coffee and chat on the online sport ed sofa. They've just been named first year male and female athlete of the year. Huge achievement. Congratulations to you all and welcome. You're the very first guests on the podcast. To kick it all off, would you guys like to introduce yourself? Maybe Lucy, you go first. My name is Lizzie Hope. I'm 23. Like Belle said, I'm a swimmer. I study accounting and business at the University of Edinburgh. Jack? Hi, yeah, I'm Jack Thorpe. I'm also a swimmer. I'm 26. I'm studying an MSc in performance psychology. Um, I'm Sarah Denham. I'm 19. I'm a rugby player and I'm studying sociology at Edinburgh. Amazing. Uh, Shall we start with you, Sarah? So being so young and winning that award, how is that? And also having your first year cut short by lockdown? Um, It was uh, pretty crazy to win. Uh, I was up against my old flatmate, Katie, um so like knowing how much she trains as well was um I like didn't expect it at all uh but it was also kind of nice to know the other guys that were were up for the award um and also it's kind of nice that these things exist uh because there's not loads of things especially in team sports where individual players get recognized for things that they're doing um so it was quite a, a nice um surprise I suppose uh, and getting cut short with COVID was has always been quite hard um but maintaining training is actually probably easier for for sports people than like people who aren't in that situation so still being able to train still being able to keep fit is probably keeping us sane yeah exactly yeah that sounds great you know no that's really cool so obviously living with your your ex-flatmate when you found out that you were like up against each other did you were you laughing about it did you find that like a bit odd like was it awkward or anything um no it was kind of it was it's always been a bit of like uh, like friendly competition but obviously we were both happy for each other to be nominated um and it was it was quite cool I guess someone put it in our in our old flatmate chat just being like oh well done guys um and she was actually the first worst first person to tell me that I'd won like I didn't realize that I'd won and she sent me a message being like oh congratulations and I was like oh I've not even oh. seen it um <laughs> oh, that's so so that was sweet. really nice yeah um and I guess it makes a change because she's a swimmer as well so you'd be talking to three swimmers if she's one so (laughs) So, yeah it's good to have a bit of variety thanks for that yeah (laughs) I really appreciate that (laughs) either Lucy or Jack has there been any performance benefits with no races or matches with lockdown has it kind of benefited you in any way yeah well I guess um trying to frame or reframe a negative situation into a positive obviously you're saying as a performance benefit I guess it gives you an opportunity to take a step back and kind of refocus Obviously, you don't know what's on the horizon there's a lot of unpredictabilities and you can't really uh, look too far past a couple of weeks or even a couple of days so I don't know it was just a chance to kind of have a, a bit of a reset both neurologically psychologically physiologically everything you know you just have that time out the pool 
myself and Lucy have been fortunate to be back in since July. Very fortunate with the programme and the support that we've had to, to have that opportunity and I guess kind of reinvigorated with the energy around that time, um, just with such a long period out. Um, I don't know about yourself, Sarah, but boomers, I don't, we don't have a huge amount of downtime. It just seems to be each season rolls into the next. So it was actually quite nice just to have a wee bit of pause. Um, I guess in terms of being a rugby player, uh, I mean, every sport has its physical tolls, but there's always niggles that you're playing with. So actually getting the time to rehab those has been pretty good because uh, usually you just play on with like a tiny, something that's not too bad, but having everyone able to rehab right through everything properly. I mean, it's been longer than, than we'd hoped, but it means that when we come back, we're not complaining of a sore knee or things like that. Oh, that's good. Definitely. When you first heard about lockdown, did you feel panicked that you wouldn't be able to train? And how quickly did you find out that it was going to be okay? <laughs> I guess so, like lockdown kind of, the first lockdown anyway, kind of happened like March time. So for us, we actually had our Olympic trials scheduled for April. So at the time it was quite daunting because you weren't really sure what was going to happen with like Jack said is unpredictable you don't know what's going to happen in the future um obviously Olympics for us got postponed a year even just now like it's still we don't even know if it's going to go ahead it's quite a worry on like what you've been doing for the last four-year cycle it's you're kind of questioning if it's been worth it and then also I think now you kind of just have to focus on what you can do and all the controllable things that you can control and not things that are out of your control so for us, we've got trials, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll go ahead this, this April for Olympics and then hopefully Olympics will go ahead in July. But I think, yeah, if you think about it too much, you can always just worry about it. But I think the main thing that I've been trying to do is just control the controllables and everything else will follow if it is meant to happen. That's great. Do you feel like it's been hard to stay motivated? How have you managed to stay motivated? Yeah, I definitely say it's been difficult. I was lucky enough to be selected for the International Swim League in October, so that kind of gave me something to base my training around that I probably wasn't planning to go up to, so it kind of boosted my morale a bit um, in training. And obviously now the main focus is for Olympics, so that is still the focus, and it will be the focus until we find out whether the Olympics will go ahead or whether they won't. Fingers crossed, yeah. Is that the same for you, Jack and Sarah, what you thought when lockdown kicked off? Yeah, well, I guess, like Lucy said, it's initially you're just a bit gutted that there's a you know, huge cycle of preparation and, you know, probably the most prepared I've ever been with, with camps and training and racing and whatnot. But I think it was the first couple of months of the initial lockdown where we just kept getting updates week on week. They were extending, extending. And I think for me, it's just general acceptance of not, being able to, again, impact really anything as an individual. You know, you're so small in the grand scheme of this huge thing. And again, in terms of priorities, when it comes to health and swimming or sport in general, that you're pretty low down the priority list. So even now, I'm just going in with a mindset of acceptance of I'm okay if trials and Olympics don't happen. Obviously, I hope that they do. But it's just kind of flicking that switch to just be okay with things not going ahead, but hopeful that they do. So just kind of that pragmatic realist sort of approach to the situation which again took several months to really get into that mentality like I mean had heaps of bad days but you know now that I'm in that kind of mindset I think it makes the day by day a lot easier. Yeah definitely that sounds like a really good mindset I'm sure a lot of people are like trying to strive to 
be in that mindset regardless of whether they're in sport or not I know that it's really hard to accept when things just seem to like just in a cycle of things just not happening do you have anything to add Sarah you weren't training for the Olympics I guess in the same way that Lucy and Jack have been but how was it for you with your rugby when it kicked off yeah, when it first kicked off, it was we just won the semi-final of the Box League and we're about to play the final. Uh, so everyone was obviously a bit gutted with that, but these things happen every year, so it's not anywhere near the same scale. Um, but international-wise, Six Nations was postponed and kept being cancelled. But also at the same time, it was being cancelled due to weather as well. So the Scotland-England game ended up happening in Murrayfield, which is unheard of for the women's team, in literally the craziest snow we've ever seen. And then the next week, the Italy game, they flew, the team flew out. It wasn't in the team, but the team flew out to Italy. And then everything, like COVID blew up from that when we came back. So it was like that was the last kind of thing. And the Six Nations were sort of binned. And then the uh, World Cup qualifiers was supposed to be in September. And that was everything keeps getting pushed back. But... I think being in a team sport is probably a lot easier for me because everyone is sort of like going through the same thing together, whereas individually it's got to be a lot harder when you've done all that work yourself. Whereas with us, it's always kind of, we're on team calls all the time or getting ready for stuff together, which in some ways is probably a little bit easier. Yeah, I could definitely understand that. So kind of moving on from all of the COVID talk, because I feel like it's one of those subjects that's quite Mm -hmm. draining. In general, how do you guys balance your academic life, personal life, and being a performance athlete should we start with Lucy to be honest I think it's just about time management juggling academics and sport like I mean I've been at university for six years now I've kind of just went part-time and like split it here and there but even since school like it's just been trying to juggle hires with swimming and like swimming's a very very intense sport like we're in the pool 20 hours a week like in the gym on top of that another five six hours so it's just more of like a time management thing and like in terms of personal life out with that it kind of just has to fit in the empty spaces that you have left in your day but I think definitely over like you said don't want to talk about like COVID and lockdown but like it's giving you like a chance to like reconnect with people that you probably don't speak to all the time or like you haven't seen in a while it just gave us like more time in our day to spend with friends and family so Oh, great. That's that's really great to hear, just that, that it can be beneficial. Sarah and Jack, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I guess as my student-athlete careers evolved from an undergraduate into now an MSc, and, and I'm also fortunate um, to be working uh, internally in Scottish swimming as well, so I've got three plates spinning. But the way I view it and kind of have learned to adapt and cope with it all is just kind of a sliding scale of prioritisation, you know, with any any given period, whether it's in the run-up to a big trials or the run-up to an exam or a piece of work, it's just kind of shifting my focus and just trying to like consistently stay in contact with everything and not let, you know, a little and often kind of mentality, especially with the academics and the work. And then the swimming just kind of monotonously kind of takes care of itself. You know, you get into this regime and kind of routine that the days so the weeks kind of become days um sometimes you know just with the, the way things are scheduled but yeah like Lucy said it's just finding gaps in the in the busy in the busy weeks um find a bit of social side as well that's so important anything to add there I'm probably one of few performance athletes who's actually prioritized other things over my sport in the last kind of year um just with like all of the lockdown and everything uh, picked up a recent job, part-time job, and it sort of got to the point where it was like, look, you need to either prioritise your uni and your your work life and earning money here or like go complete full in the rugby. And recently took the decision to sort of prioritise everything else in my life, like obviously still training. But in some ways, it's actually not been a big change because we've not actually been playing, we've not been training. So I guess training naturally 
became less anyway. But managing everything at the same time for me was quite a lot. And so it became a, a like pick and choose um, an ultimatum, I guess. Which yeah. I guess a lot of people have mm. to get to that stage in their career where they sort of prioritise one thing over the other. It's an important decision. Does that mean that you don't necessarily see yourself doing rugby in the future as your career? Or? No, I absolutely do. Like goals definitely still to go down the rugby line but I think at the minute if I was to choose between setting an exam or going to a game it would be more on the academic side just now. Big decision and for all of you maybe looking back before university when did you kind of realise that sport could be your career or how did it all kick off? I mean I guess I've been swimming since I've been eight years old so sport's always kind of been like swimming I've always done it that's probably my one constant throughout since the age of eight. And then I kind of progressed to the levels. I made like junior GB teams. I qualified for my first Commonwealth Games when I was 16. And then I kind of just progressed from there. So definitely, I would say the Olympics this year is my main goal. And it could be the, the thing that I finish on. If I swim well, it could just like boost my career for another few years and um, going further, maybe on to the next Olympics as well. That would be very exciting. <laughs> Jack, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I've been at it um, even longer than Lucy probably now. Um, but yeah, I guess for me, I've, I've never really viewed swimming as like my main thing, as like a career as such. It's always been like student athlete or an athlete student, as kind of Sarah was alluding to there. You know, it, it really does shift. Like I had big goals from my undergraduate and the same from MSC and now in the kind of professional world as well like if you know there's a limited time scale that I've got left in my swimming and um, most likely Birmingham would be the last thing I'll end up doing it'd be very unlikely I think for me to go beyond that but again I'm quite all right with that and I've got you know my focus has shifted into other things not to say that I'm not really focused on what I'm doing right now and the goals that I have in the pool it's just you know it's there's other things that I'm you know shifting priorities for and there's nothing wrong with that I think everyone needs to have something else going on there's very few sports you can really be fully, truly committed and professional too. So yeah, it's good to be busy and to have other stuff going on. That's probably why it's so great to be able to do a performance sport at university because you have both sides of it and then you can kind of explore university life but also still have your sporting mm, side. For me, it was never really an option until a few years ago. We, there was only really one contracted player um, in the Women's Scotland setup anyway. So it was always for me just doing it for enjoyment uh, and I never really thought about making a career out of it until suddenly like you're 17 years old and then you realize that you're standing you're pretty good <laughs> women yeah getting your first calf and and everything becomes a little bit surreal yeah so it's always been in the back burner but just with where the stage that women's rugby is at just now it's not it's not like big box it's not like football it's not like uh, even men's rugby I suppose it's um, so there's always other things you have to prioritise first, but I guess in, in the back of my mind, professional rugby would be absolutely key, but then also it's a contact sport, so you always have to have something after. So getting a degree to, once I retire, have have a job would be the priority here, I guess. Yeah, it would be pretty good, wouldn't it? <laughs> so all of you have spoken a bit about like alluding to a couple of things that are coming up. Is there like a main, what's your next um, big thing that you're really excited about? Again, I'm just kind of... In my mind, I've got kind of a target time that I want to achieve and wherever and whatever opportunity I get to do that um, kind of is the goal. You know, whether it's a time trial in June at our local pool or a redacted Scottish national 
invitational style meet, you know, again, with new guidelines as such, um, or whether it's a, a trials in April. So I'm just kind of yeah. any, any like tapered, if you like, opportunity. So sort of for us, that meaning like a rested, focused, like this is the big swim kind of thing, whatever and whenever that may come. Yeah, at the moment, you just can't really plan too far. No, I totally agree. What's your stroke, Jack? Uh, freestyle. Do you, what's your distance? Uh, for... uh, the 50 and the 100, so sprint. Sprint freestyle. Okay, sprint, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, Lucy, how about you? I know you've spoken a bit about the Olympics. Is that your next big goal? Yeah, so obviously it's the goal. And like Jack said, our trials are still up in the air. At the minute, They can't. if they can't happen safely, then they probably won't happen and it could get pushed back to potentially do you know it could just be a chat like a case of everyone swims it virtually and then they choose a team from that so yeah like Jack said it's a to make the British team for swimming it's you need to go a time and then if you go the time then you can go to the team and uh, like Jack's swim freestyle I also swim freestyle so um we also have the chance to qualify for relays so like the top four in GB would qualify and automatically go but for the women's side in GB, we actually also need to qualify a team. So um, the Europeans are scheduled for May in Hungary. So fingers crossed that we can race before then so that we can be selected to go there and hopefully race. Um, those yeah, are kind no, of the main, the main two. Okay, yeah. And you, Sarah, obviously it's a bit different. I don't know. Are you training at all with rugby at the moment? Currently, I'm, I am not, but the international team is. Uh, I'm taking a bit of a break from it at the minute, but um, they're still able to do a lot of training. The main one for us is the World Cup this year um, in New Zealand. That's been like the goal for the squad for the last four years. They brought in a couple yeah. of different coaches. Um, we still need to qualify. We've got we need to play um, in a tournament with Ireland and Spain, I think it is, to get into the actual competition, which is pretty doable for would be like absolutely amazing but then also being probably one of the youngest or maybe the youngest in the squad there's always the world cup after that um so that's kind of like the one that i'd be prioritized because even if i was lucky or fortunate enough to go to this one the either main squad or anything like that are really low at the minute just because of where i am in my career so for me it's further in advance it's getting better it's getting on the pitch as 10 it's getting into the squad properly and then looking to the next four years kind of thing yeah definitely and I think am I right in saying the the women's the Edinburgh University women's first team just won the team of the year yeah we did yes yeah, um, would exciting. have been a pretty good sports ball this year but yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh god <laughs> what can you do the atmosphere would have been great were you guys like in terms of your uni rugby um is that happening at all or not uh we got S&C stuff on zoom um we can do a little bit of one one um, training stuff but it's kind of fitness and obviously with the weather at the minute running outside is pretty grim mm. um, but uh, it's, it's doing what we can I suppose uh, we're doing a lot of video analysis a couple of zoom socials just stuff to keep everybody yeah. kind of as part of the squad Bucks have officially cancelled our league which was only happened a couple of weeks ago which was a bit disappointing but they're still looking to play in the sevens so hopefully that would be doable in the summertime yeah I guess that's a benefit for being a swimmer you're inside most of the time anyway um I don't know whether you have outdoor pools that you train in but I guess that'd no, be pretty not horrible. in Scotland though no. <laughs> <in Scotland>, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's your most embarrassing story from training or competition because it can't all be sunshine and rainbows all the time <laughs> that there was one that came straight to my head which is not great but um <laughs> the in the buck semi-final against Northumbria last year 
we were I was scrapping a little bit with the the opposite center like nothing bad just like it was a semi-final of bucks and everyone had obviously heightened emotions. it heated yeah um, yeah and I'm just like probably one of the smallest in the team and she just kept saying stuff to me so I was like I'll do that again and see what happens and then I like turned around and tripped with my own lace I'm like absolutely no. <laughs> yeah and so like everyone tripped me and like and oh my god absolutely um nah that was um quite an embarrassing one <laughs> Lucy how about you I feel like you can't really do anything embarrassing in a swimming pool, but... That's um, true. <laughs> swimming costume malfunctions. I've actually, I've actually not had any swimming costume malfunctions, but when I, when I was younger, so, like, for trade, for racing, obviously, we wear, like, um, like tighter suits, like, knee suits, um, and they're made of, like, really, really thin, like, fabrics. So like, it takes you about 15 minutes to put it on. And I remember when... I, I can't remember what age I was, and it's the whole thing of, like... Sometimes the seams aren't really glued together properly, and like you're always really <laughs> yeah. scared if you bend bend down in the block that it's gonna like split. But unfortunately, I was in the change rooms when this happened, so I wasn't actually at the pools. So <laughs> I would say that's probably one of the avoided types of embarrassment. Yeah, well, I hope they worked on their manufacture. <laughs> the swimsuits yeah. just seem to constantly split for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was definitely gonna say swimsuit malfunction as well. <laughs> A couple of times at meets have popped, um, like bending down on the block, and then as a guy, like you have fogs or like your kind of like speedos, if you like, like Y fronts. And a couple of times, like I've not tied them properly and I've dived in and they've like slipped down or whatever, and these are in like big warm up pools. So I guess that's obviously like definitely up there with embarrassing. It's um, a risk with swimming, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, a couple of DQs and relay teams as well, um, which again, just a bit eager in the start, which again can be a bit embarrassing. Um, nothing, nothing major. Like it's not... Yeah, just I guess it's happened off. to a lot of people. Like yeah. I'm sure like everyone in the swimming world has probably had some kind of moment like that, which probably makes it a bit... I mean, not that that doesn't make it embarrassing, but at least you know that you're in company of people that have <laughs> had it happen to them before. Oh, 100%. Um, carrying on with the theme of keeping things nice and fun um, what's your post game or post race like treat you know you've been leading up to it you've been on a really strict diet or whatever is there something that you like to give yourself after you've um, competed well I say pizza after <laughs> me I always want like a takeaway or like something like really bad I feel like pizza's always my go-to <laughs> what's your like topping of choice I quite like a classic pepperoni, but then I also, I quite like Hawaiian, and I know this is very controversial, because mm. some people <laughs> believe that pineapple should not be on pizza, but oh, I'm, I'm, a I'm a fan. <laughs> I love pineapple on pizza. I'm so basic. I always get a margarita, which is just the most boring thing ever. Um, <laughs> but I just, uh, either, either I'll get a margarita or I'll get, this is so rogue, everyone hates this, I get pineapple and olives on a margarita and that's it like it's so rogue but it's so it is so good like trust me like try it it's so good Sarah how about you if it's a uni game probably a pint which I probably shouldn't say but (laughs) 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 nah I guess just a a good meal I suppose uh for me living obviously as a student I'm usually cooking for myself so if we're playing like any international games at home I usually go home with my family so even just having uh, mum cooking me a meal is always great lovely that's so nice is there what's your mum's like speciality oh she's actually a really good cook I won't lie but she does a good roast dinner yeah that's banging that's so good (laughs) and roast is always a roast yeah (laughs) how about you Jack 
run-ups to big meets, um, you are usually teetotal, and I'm a big fan of whiskey and a dram, so I would definitely just delve into that a fair bit. <laughs> um, just a night out in general as well. After, like, if it's a big trials or like a big international uh, style event, like you're just so like focused on the months prior to that. You know, you don't step a, a foot out of line, and then it's just nice to let loose a bit. You know, yeah, well, I guess especially. Especially if you've gone to a meet and there are people there that you only ever see at, meet, like, at a meet, then it's probably quite nice to like have time socialising with them if you're friends or unless you're complete enemies. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't know how it works. <laughs> Going clubbing with your absolute swimming rival or <laughs> quite fun. Usually uh, by that point, everyone's just, there's water under the bridge. Everyone's just going yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a favourite, do you have a club, favourite club in Edinburgh? I know they're all shut at the moment, but what's your favourite club? I quite like, uh, oh, what's the one on um, uh, Cabal? On, yeah. Yeah, yeah Cabal, yeah. I like that. Gary, uh, what's the one? Gary's. Gary Baldy's. Gary Baldy's, <laughs> that's a good one as well. I like that one. <laughs> How about you, Lucy? Have you got a club that you like in Edinburgh? I honestly can't even remember the last time I was out in Edinburgh. <laughs> that's so bad. Because, <laughs> like, if we're, if we're basing, we're always somewhere else. If we're going out, we're usually in a different place. And then Gary Baldy's is good. Got the pole, so you can get the pole. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Show off that strength and conditioning on the pole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Um, we always post match always is in Three Sisters, uh, just because they sponsor us, get a good feed and then yeah. um we always mm-hmm. end up in Hive. And I it's literally the worst place in the world. Like the floor <laughs> is so disgusting, but it always happens. So I mean I definitely wouldn't say it's a favourite, but it always tends to be where it we end ends up. up there, so you yeah. can't really not, can you? <laughs> no matter how hard you five. try to avoid it, you'll yeah, end up there. It, oh, it's just honestly... I've actually never been to Hive. Like, I, mean, I would not advise it. Been. I always That's have a big cheese on a Saturday, which is so bad, because it's just like, yeah. it's literally the cringiest club ever, but it's just so fun. <laughs> now, I don't know if you saw the stories that we posted, but we asked for people's song suggestions that they liked to work out to or go to the gym to. So... Could I have a song suggestion and would like to add it to our Sports Union playlist? I don't know if my music taste would be very popular, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like, what are you into? Some, like, well, I'm kind of all sorts, to be honest, but if it's like, like working out or pre-comp, it's pretty hardcore techno or like drum and bass <laughs> kind of stuff. Like, I love that running to drum and bass. It makes you feel like the main character. You're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, the main character in a film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Will, Will Sparks, My Time, is a bit different. And like that's kind of like rap slash techno, which is a wee bit unusual. And I quite like that. And like the lyrics and like the kind of rhythm to that. And But then like, oh. see, just more, a more chilled one as well is like Chris Stapleton. He's like a country singer. Um, okay. Again, is like kind of another polar side of things I quite enjoy. He's got quite a lot of like just more chilled stuff. That's again, nice. it's just like my mood, but yeah, no, that totally makes sense. <laughs> what about Lucy and Sarah? What What do you think? Have you had a look through your Spotify playlist and picked a few? I guess one of the songs that the the Scotland girls always have on is "Girl" by Sharon Martin because it's written about little sport. Uh, in Scotland so that one always goes on in the change room but it's not exactly a hype song but yeah I guess anything really well uh, I like listening to Bruno Mars which is quite a controversial one uh, <laughs> I feel like that's Natalie. a classic song yeah anything and, uh, that he does yeah literally Natalie and Bruno Mars always is me singing along or like <laughs> Can't Hold Us uh, by Macklemore that's an oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
If it's not been said already, like Jerry Cinnamon Belter should definitely be on there. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's just, that's, someone may have already said that, but. Yeah, oh, no, Jerry Cinnamon's so good. How about you, BC? I'd say, like, a song that I always listen to before I race is, like, Seven Nation Army. I feel like that's quite a. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get oh, nice. going. Okay. No, that's a good. That's a good recommendation. Would you guys say that's something that you do to get into the zone before you compete, listen to music? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the meet. Like, if it's a really big meet, I think if I have music, it can almost get me too hyped. Like, if I, have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to that sort of music. Like I just said, I would. It's almost like the other side. Like, I'll have like classical or like jazz. Interesting. Um, because that like kind of mellows me down a bit because I kind of get a bit too hyped before it, like unnecessarily. Yeah, all the adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. So if it's like in season racing, like it's not as important. Um, and I need to get a bit more up for it. That's definitely when I would lean towards the. The heavier stuff but yeah like if it's like a run up to like a big trials or something i've probably got like opera or like not not opera like a jazz or uh, opera. <laughs> yeah just really when like really chill opera, stuff. when everything of opera i just think of a go compare guy which i know is just so bad but yeah. like i just do <laughs> how about you lucy well, like jack says it, it kind of depends on the meat like like bigger meets, I probably wouldn't listen to music, but then if it's just something that's just like you do all the time or if it's just like a small meet, um, I'll just like listen to it when I'm warming up. And I wouldn't listen to it in like the call room or anything. I kind of just like to uh, like chat to other people and things like that. How about you, Sarah? I think that I listen to the same three songs on the bus, which I think actually quite a lot of people do, but they just don't really talk about it. Uh, <laughs> and it's always really chill songs. Like it's like Stand By Me by Benny King. Like it's really like chill oh, yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. But then for us like obviously you get in the change room and it's the full team the like hype music comes on and you don't really get much of a say on what tunes are playing so um, yeah. Yeah, yeah as the youngest you're probably your choice yeah. is right but <laughs> like the song no one cares yeah one thing uh, is there one thing that your sport or sport in general has taught you that you'd want to pass on to other aspiring athletes or just people that are you know, not 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 training professionally or whatever, um, or performance wise like you guys, but um, having learned um, through your years of training. Guess um, right off the bat, um, I just think it's an ability to work, like a willpower, work ethic, an ability to apply yourself to the full to something, like to really like commit everything to a process um, and just go all in on something. That'd be the biggest one. It's just it's not an easy thing to do, and it's taken me years to kind of really hone in on and kind of like getting into that mindset of right this is what I'm doing and this is what it's all about yeah I imagine so much of it is mental mental strength and everything I would definitely like I was passing it on to my younger self that would be like drive to you know motivation to keep at it for sure it's a wee bit controversial like um I think for me if I was to tell my younger self um or to someone else it would be that saying no is all right as well um, and I think a lot of things in sport are materialistic and that success is, is quite often like the praise of other people or, or a trophy or a win of a game for us. But the like core of if you're happy in training or if you're mentally doing well and then the rest of your life, the things that people don't see are what I would say to prioritise over everything else. So to the outside, it might look like, oh, she's not playing this game or she's not swimming this race. But if you're putting yourself and your priorities first, then you don't need to impress other people. No, that's really nice. I just think that it's so important to say no because I know that like there's this culture at the moment of like 
hustling or like doing as many things as possible and I just think sometimes that's like really toxic I know that I really struggle with saying no to people especially if you're like super overworked or something and then you just feel like you're letting someone down so no I think that's a really good bit of advice I wouldn't say it's controversial at all and in sport as well it's one of those things that it's like you're it's such an honor especially at the level that like especially you two guys are training at like it's such an honour to be where you are. Uh, and there's so many people that would be there to take your place if you were to say no to something. So sometimes that pressure is is like, I don't really have a right to say no here, but actually mm. sometimes like you do. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Very mature outlook. You're wise beyond your years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack's just learned that and he's 26. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I just say like, I think sport a lot of the time is like, you see all the good in the light almost and you don't really appreciate all the hours that you spent in the dark. So it's just like, it's relentless. And to keep doing that for so many years, just for like the seconds in the light is just like a lot. And like, you really need to be committed to do that. And like Sarah says, like sometimes you just need to say no because it it can be quite overwhelming. But I guess if you're persistent and if you're determined, then like you will get your like time in the light. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So we submitted um, a few weeks ago all of the embarrassing uh, sports ball stories. Um, so Zoe, do you want to read out a few? I know you've got yeah. the screen. Yeah, so we just put a, a story up on the Instagram. You might have seen it saying, what's your like best or most embarrassing sports ball story? So I'm just going to grab one now. We just thought we'd read a couple out and see what you guys think of them. I feel like a few of these could be from the women's team, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> someone said that, that their friend got dumped at the sports pool which i think mm. savage that is savage. <laughs> that is so bad imagine going to a sports pool like all excited with your partner and then they dump you and then you like spend the rest of the evening probably sitting next to them yeah especially if it was like, especially if it was, like the plus one um yeah kind of just used it for free now yeah Yeah. there was another one um that said my table was adjacent to a club where two of my exes sat right behind me next to each other yeah (laughs) that would be so awkward that would be so bad i know i try and like if i was dating someone i've always tried never to date anyone from my club because I just think that just makes it so complicated. I don't know about you guys if you've ever dated anyone within your sport and then it's just become mm. a bit awkward if you've ever broken up. Yeah, is there any club rules on dating? Is that not a a thing? Well, I guess if Lucy's all right with me saying it, I mean, me and, me and Lucy are actually ex. Like, no way! Oh, no! Sorry! I mean, but also, it's all right, it's all right, because we both, I mean, we're both also got partners in the team currently as well, so that kind of sums up your question. Like, it's a bit, yeah. the time you use a swim cest, you know, you're like, oh, it's yeah. just this intricacies of the team, like, you're around everyone for, like, so long. Yeah. So often, and these relationships just develop, it's like, all over, teams all over the uh, the country is the same yeah I think there are quite a lot of people that like that kind of like swim cess kind of thing I think that's quite common in clubs because you do spend a lot of time with those people that's why I've tried to stay out of it because it always just <laughs> gets a bit much yeah someone said it was the best birthday party one could ask for that's quite nice that'd be pretty oh, such a good celebration yeah that would. the atmosphere is so great have you guys all been to the sports ball I've actually year. never been yeah. oh you haven't been I've never been as well Oh, oh no way. Way. I'm surprised. 
is that something would you want to go to the sports wall if you could is that something you guys would want to do I mean definitely but like it's just because I mean usually just again with our schedules like we're usually trained like twice the day of and then we're training again the next morning yeah it just doesn't fit so it's just like relentless it's a shame yeah I mean we're not really given like I mean we went to the blues awards like the the blues yeah yeah that was kind of like the first time I'd been to anything and I was quite quiet at the time have you guys won awards before I think I've been nominated for this three or four times. This is the first time that the male Finally got it. Yeah. <laughs> like Leonardo DiCaprio at the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Compare me to that. Well. <laughs> Lucy, have you won anything before? No, I don't think I have. I don't, know, I don't even know if I've been nominated before. Sure. <laughs> well, it's, well, first time lucky then maybe. That's quite nice. <laughs> Someone said that they put I may or may not know what happened to the big sport letter lights. So I don't know if you've seen the pictures, uh, but those yeah, like big yeah, yeah. white, like bulb um, lights that spell out sport. Obviously, they got nicked one year. They're huge. They're Imagine massive. Walking I don't know out with that. that. I don't know if it was all of them because that's, yeah, that's, that's five letters. <laughs> that's stacked up on your arm when, you, yeah. when you're in your heels. <laughs> I mean, again, like I've I've never actually been to one, but like I know all the coaches who have. So obviously the swim coaches and then Rutger and Dave, like the the SNC guys, and they always say, and even Phil McGuire, he's like proper throwback. He's in like the old SNC guys, um, and they always just used to say it was like an absolutely wild night. So that's probably um, why our coaches don't want us going and have always been Yeah, I honestly, I wonder if those sport letters end up in someone's flat. You know how when you go over to someone's student flat and there's always just like cones and cones. like road signs? That would be a, a win and a half to have one of those yeah. in the flat. Someone put that they accidentally announced that they'd slept with 10% of all attendees, which is definitely, <laughs> they put it's definitely not true. But I don't really understand how they announced that accidentally and also why they would. And 10%'s quite a lot of people. That is a lot. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, honestly, I'm very intrigued by that story. I want to know a little bit more about how that happened. Like, did they get up on the mic and was just like... In front of hey. everyone. <laughs> Raise your hand if you... <laughs> yeah, I was intrigued to know what was going on there. Um, there's one that says, a certain club priest had to get medical attention from laughing too hard. Medical attention, oh my god. Oh my There's what? worse ways to control, control the muscle from laughing. Yeah, maybe. I've had an asthma attack from laughing before, so um, maybe it's something I'm like. At least you know it's been a good night. Exactly. I can't imagine. Like, I know, I kind of have a lot of questions. Yeah, did they self medicate or was this like. <laughs> Honestly, no idea. Then thank you so much, Sarah, Lucy, and Jack, for joining us on Sport Ed. You guys have been great. No worries. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I'm Bella Johnson-Martin, and you're listening to Sport Ed, Episode 1, Conversations from Edinburgh. If you liked our jingle, then you'll love Chameleon Lady. You can listen to all their hits on Spotify, and you can find them on Instagram at Chameleon Lady Official. Next up, we have a very exciting feature. It's time for the first ever two-minute trivia. Every episode will invite two guests from Edinburgh Sport to answer as many questions as they can in two minutes and claim their place on our leaderboard. First up, we're chatting with Lucy and Dave from Sport and Exercise. You'll hear them first answer the questions alone, then we'll all chat together afterwards and crown the winner.
We're now joined by David. Welcome to Sport Ed. We're about to play Two Minute Trivia. How it will work is you have two minutes to answer as many questions as you can. We're not going to tell you the answers as you go along. You just ask you the next question. See how many you can get. You ready, David? Nervous now. (laughs) (laughs) Which club won SU Ball Club of the Year? Heron Hounds. Uh, Who went viral for sitting on a pair of mittens? Uh, Peter Bekoff. Who is Scotland playing in the Six Nations on Saturday? Oh my God. Which 1980s song went viral after Scottish men's football team qualified for the Euros? Uh, I can't remember the song. Uh, Let's just say Relent My Fire. Next song. How many sports clubs in the sports union begin with the letter C? Uh, six. What 2020 Netflix series became the most watched ever? Oh, 2020 Netflix series. Uh, the Last Dance. What date was Robbie Burns born? Uh, what day is he? Was the um, b- 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 uh, the 15th of January? <laughs> What's the name of the SU mascot? Uh, flipper. How many sports clubs are there in the SU? Uh, Fifty. Fifteen seconds left. What's the SU Balls Awards trophy for publicity actually called? Uh, the, uh, the big one. How many times in a row have Edinburgh beat St Andrews in the Scottish Varsity's men's rugby match? Seven. And that's you. More, right? A lot more than we anyway, so to say. Okay, yeah. Just trying to rattle through them. Yeah. Oh, who knows? That was, that was tough. <laughs> so it's place. Yeah. So now we're joined by Lucy, and she's going to play our first game of two-minute trivia. You'll have two minutes to answer as many questions as you can. I'm not going to tell you whether you've got it right or wrong. I'm just going to keep going through. And hopefully you'll be the winner. Hopefully. <laughs> Which club won SU Club of the Year? Oh, sorry, Isabella, you broke up just as you said the the award. Oh no, Isabella's broken up. Okay, I'll, I'll, I can ask. Do you want to stop recording and then record? Yeah. Two, two minutes to answer as many questions as you can. So go from three, two, one. So which club won SU Ball Club of Club of the Year? Hayden Hounds. Who went viral for sitting on in a pair of mittens? Um, Bernie. Oh my goodness. Um, Bernie, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Does that that count? Yeah, I'll give you that one. On the right track. Who is Scotland playing in the Six Nations on Saturday? Oh, goodness. Um, I didn't realise it started so soon, actually. I'm going to give it a a guess, completely guess. Uh, Ireland? Which 1980s song went viral after Scottish men's football team qualified for the Euro? Oh, goodness. Uh, pass. How many sports clubs begin with the letter C in the sports union? Um, 60, 64? Uh, begin with the letter C. 
Oh, sorry. Um, see, oh, I'll I'll take a guess. Um, Twelve. What twenty twenty Netflix series became the most watched ever? Um, is it is it Bridget Bridgerton Bridgerton? What date was Rabbi Burns born? <laughs> What's the name of the SA mascot? Oh. Uh, I'll pass. I don't uh, know. That, that's you. Well done. <laughs> I can't have got any right there. <laughs> you got a good year, right? Good effort. Good effort. Okay. <laughs> well, that's okay then. Oh, it's funny how your your mind just goes blank. Especially when there's good time pressure against you. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> And our final guests are here to help us stay physically fit and mentally happy, even when we can't get to the gym. Welcome, guys, to our first episode of Sport Ed. You're the very first guests on our two-minute trivia. Would you like to briefly introduce yourselves and your role at Sport and Exercise? Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, of course. So I'm Lucy and I work for the Active Lives team. Our main focus in the team is to help improve the health and well-being of the staff and students through increased physical activity in the university. And uh, well, thanks for having me on, um, guys. Great to be here. My name is David, and my role is gym support. And currently based out at the Easter Bush campus. And basically, role is being on the floor generally when the gyms are open to you know aid and support of gym members with the workouts, any kind of queries they have, and be a source of uh, knowledge and support. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice one. Would you be able to give like, any advice or anything differently that you have done? How have you remained physically fit and healthy throughout the pandemic? What have you changed? Obviously, the gym's been closed, some group exercise now banned. How have you been managing it? I think Dave and I have both had to change our exercise habits somewhat with the gyms being closed. I've definitely got into running a lot more. It's free. And you can do it from your doorstep. So it does fit with the kind of controls and restrictions of, of the lockdowns. And, and yeah, running and walking ha- has definitely helped, especially in days where I felt overwhelmed with you know the pandemic or potentially overwhelmed with working from home, which is very new to me. So by lacing up the trainers and kind of plodding along, maybe listening to some Spice Girls, perhaps, um, it definitely helps vent frustration and, and lift lift my mood as well so yeah that's how I've been keeping physically fit and again that does help with with mental health and mental fitness as well yeah very similar um for me obviously you mentioned with the yeah the gyms being closed and there's no more group exercise and I do find that I tend to work and train a bit better I think when I have a nice buzz or atmosphere around me people are kind of working hard alongside it kind of pushes me to do the same but I'm just trying to create that kind of atmosphere for myself here so I was I lucky enough invested in a in an exercise bike before Christmas. So I've got into a bit of a routine of going on the bike and having like a little class or a video or something on the TV in front of me. And sometimes I'll turn off the lights and just like get a, get a, get a proper sweat on and stuff like that. So just trying to create, make it as kind of fun and as much energy as I can kind of provide myself. And I suppose for a lot of people, yeah, I'm missing the weights more than anything else really. I can't really get a hold of it. Obviously it was like, couldn't find the dumbbell anywhere in Europe for you know from the first lockdown so um just kind of being just adapting and I suppose even if I can't you know 
use the weights and achieve them sort of goals just find another fitness goal to kind of take off in the meantime so I've, I've always I've put off running you know so much from just because I prefer to do weights and cardiovascular fitness would kind of suffer then um, from not doing it as much so I'm trying to you know okay weights put aside for the time being but I'm also now doing a lot more cardiovascular exercise and finding big improvements that I'm sure that'll help me kind of when I go back to the weights again it'll I just feel more kind of well-rounded when I go back there so yeah just constantly adapting you know yeah, good as positive to a negative situation. Absolutely, yeah. Brilliant. And Lucy, you mentioned that obviously staying physically fit helps your mental well-being as well, staying mentally fit. Is there kind of anything else that you've been doing in lockdown and isolation, any new hobbies that help you stay mentally fit as well? Definitely. So I think I'll probably talk about the, the university's five steps to to well-being, uh, mental mental well-being as well as physical well-being. So we are obviously um, kind of physical activity focused, Dave and I, and at sport and exercise, and that's what we use predominantly to help our physical and mental health. But there are other things to help that as well. So staying connected—that's definitely a big part of how I've kept mentally healthy and and sane during the lockdown period. So keeping in touch with family and friends, even even on the days where. I've had nothing to talk about other than the pandemic. I think it's really important as human beings that we continue to nurture those uh, relationships. You know, we need social interaction and connection as human beings. So staying connected is definitely um, an important thing that we should all be doing uh, and reaching out and asking for help. That's a a really brave thing to do. So if you've got family and friends um, who you can ask for uh, a little bit of support from, then go for it if you're struggling. Before before this happened, uh, you know, when I did fitness or uh, within the gym or out for a run, I used to stick on my headphones, uh, turn the music up loud, and it was unbearable, the thought of a run without music. However, now, um, sometimes I go out for a run or a walk and I don't listen to, to any music and I take notice of the things around me, so noises and sounds, you know, the birds singing or, you know, children playing out with their families and that definitely helps lift your spirits, you know, listening and, and kind of ground you a little bit more as well. And I think uh, being grateful for the things in in my life, you know, whether it's uh, the buzz from a run or a steak pie for dinner, you know, the little things definitely help lift you and, and ground you. I can't imagine doing a run without music. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't eat Isabella until now. Just changes it up a little bit. Is there anything that you have, David, that... Made you more mentally sane and more just general feel more happy about yourself during this period. I think it's, I think the basic thing for me that comes down to is just kind of trying and trying to do as many things that you enjoy doing as possible. Like obviously we've got the, the gyms taken away and the contact taken away, and you know I love kind of going back to see my family or traveling, getting the opportunity to travel places. So that's obviously taken away. So it's just trying to to have all the other things that I kind of enjoy doing, trying to fit that as much into my day as possible. Obviously with people that are students that are studying and guys that are working, it's having that discipline as well. Um, But I think getting that kind of routine in your, in your day, just, I think listing, even like, you know, achieving little things. I think even starting off my day by, you know, even just stupid things like making the bed or taking down the bins or washing up, stuff like that. It just it just sets you up so well, I think, for you just be like, oh, yeah, I'm you know, being proper productive today. And then it kind of gives you a little, you're getting a bit of momentum to kind of 
then do your exercise and then get into a bit of study or whatever. So yeah, I think along with that, it just uh, similar to the kind of fitness thing that I was talking about, putting the weights thing aside and focusing on a, on a cardio goal. It's just trying to achieve other things that I've kind of put off as well. So like I, I meant to, you know, get into reading a while back and now that I've had a bit of time to do that, I, I've, I've said to myself that I kind of try and read one book kind of per month this year and then have have that image of the pile of books at the end of the year kind of as a representation of kind of a, a bit of an achievement and I'm doing more cooking, more, more baking, um, obviously inspired by Peter. I've always wanted to try and yeah, you are doing something that's not just time completely wasted that you're just stuck and you're not making making the most. But obviously, it's like I'm, you know, I've down times like everyone else, and it's just a matter of like, trying to stay as positive as possible. And as Lucy said, just keep in contact with people, try and Skype the family or the friends or the work meetings are always really helpful. Um, you know, to get an idea of what other people are doing to to pick their spirits up. So, yeah, find what you enjoy within the regulations and just. Yeah, try and fit as much of that in your day as possible. Brilliant. Amazing stuff. Thanks for sharing that. But is there anywhere in your local areas that you have discovered like a hidden gem from doing exercise more outside than you previously would have? Actually, only last weekend. So we've just re- recently bought a house in Midlothian and, and it's out in the, the country compared to where we lived before in Edinburgh city centre. Only last weekend, uh, we stumbled across Out for a Walk a really nice reservoir called Port Portmore Reservoir in Midlothian, and it's a smaller reservoir to the you know, the well-known reservoir called Gladhouse. And no one was there, and the sun was setting, and it couldn't have been more perfect. So again, another pick me up yeah. to kind of lift the spirits, and and it was really really nice. Yeah, I suppose for me, just lucky enough being being where I am I have the kind of the meadows nearby and I have the, the Union Canal just across the road from me here on one of those days where we kind of we didn't fancy doing a great deal of exercise we just decided we'd try and get as many steps in as possible myself and my partner here and yeah we just we just kind of went further down the canal really than we've we ever did before and kind of saw a few new parks and different kind of different scenery and it was you know really it was one of the really frosty days and it was the, the canal was all frozen over and but there was little kind of melted spots where there was a couple of swans in uh, <laughs> swimming about and trying to trying to survive and uh yeah it was just uh it was just really nice and peaceful really it was it was kind of the start of and yeah it was just, it was just nice to get along because normally you'd, you'd probably have a stricter schedule and you I probably wouldn't go as far down that way as I would have done but with the, the bit of extra time and just get to yeah explore a bit more and it was it was really nice yeah uh, that's great. It's great to hear. Especially lucky. We're so lucky with Edinburgh. Is you got parks, you got canals, you got a bit of city environment. Even for me personally, walking along Portobello Beach and going for a run along there has been been amazing. Lifts my spirits so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean the meadows is the same. Whenever, whenever I'm kind of running in there, it's it's crazy. I think how it just seems like there's more and more people out running or cycling or walking their dogs than ever before. It's because, uh, you know, in the first lockdown, we were kind of only allowed it really an hour a day for exercise, whereas now it's kind of unlimited. So that's a bit of a positive as well, that we can technically go out and exercise as much as we want now. So I think people are, you know, taking advantage of that. It's great to see. Lifts me and kind of gives me that buzz, as I talked about before, to train a bit harder, run a bit faster, you know, with the pressure of people kind of watching you, that sort of thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like Chariots of Fire Day. That's 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 well, see, like, I, I have that song in on my headphones. Never mind this. Listen to the birds or whatever. That's <laughs> I'm a cherry to fire. 
you got to look good and feel good while you're doing it as well. So are we ready to go over the quiz answers? Who do you think you said? Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You could have, you could have given us a heads up with the, with the, with the questions. Yeah, yeah I, think I, I think I pretty much cracked under pressure at the time. I don't know. Just... Yeah, we'll blame the time. As long as I beat Lucy, that's, that's all that matters, really, you know. <laughs> Good luck, Dave. I know. I'll, I'll go over uh, your answers, David, first. Okay. <laughs> so the first question uh, which club won SU Ball of the Year? Yes, the Kieran Hines, you got that one right. Yes, good. Uh, who went viral for sitting in a pair of mittens? I can't believe you didn't know this. You said uh, Peter Salkins from the Bake Off. Yeah. But I can see why. But just yeah, just just not a bacon. But yeah, the bacon mitts. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. So yeah, yeah, yeah it makes more sense. Who is Scotland playing in Six Nations on Saturday? It is England at home. <sighs> and the Scotland Euro song was. Yes, sir, I can boogie by Picado. Raging. <laughs> and you you answered quite a lot actually. You passed quite a lot. You got a lot got through a lot more. But how many sports clubs begin with the letter C in the sports union? You got the you got this right and it, it's it's six. So well done on that. <laughs> yes. So that's canoe in, peer lead in and dance. A clay pigeon, cricket, curling, and cycling. What a shout that was. The Netflix series, the most watched ever in 2020, was Bridgerton. Is it? I still haven't even watched it. I don't know. I, I thought that came out this year. Oh, man. <laughs> What's the name of the SU mascot? It was Hector. How many sports clubs are there in the SU? There is 64. You passed on that. And last but not least, how many times are all the Edinburgh beat St Andrews in the male rugby is three and you put seven. So that's 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 four for you. Alright, I'll take four. <laughs> no wait a minute, sorry. That's, like... that's that's two, that's two. <laughs> two. Yeah, you uh, got I'm afraid I'll take your first answer. <laughs> You got the hair, hair and hounds. Actually two. Yeah, you got hair and hounds. And for number five, uh, you got how many sports clubs beginning to letter C? And you got that one right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Tis better than one. Yeah. Tis better than one, Dave. Yeah. Not as good as four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Just had two first, but when you getting your hopes up. Uh, it's all good. I'll take two. Uh, Belle, would you like to go over Lucy's answers? We can just leave that bit. Come on. I think Lucy got zero. Zero, like. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised, actually, Lucy. Oh. Okay. For the first one, uh, which club won as your ball of the year? You said Hare and Hounds, which is correct. Thank you. And for who went viral sitting in a pair of mittens, you did say, well, you said Bernie. You didn't quite get yeah. Sanders, but we'll give it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Very kind. 
Um, you didn't get a number three. You thought it was Ireland playing Scotland at the Six Nations. And okay. you kind of overestimated the number of sports clubs beginning with C. You went for 12. <laughs> but the Netflix series, which became the most watched, you got that right. That was Bridgerton. So overall, you got three, <laughs> which is better than two. <laughs> it's better than two. Dave, what did you get? <laughs> I heard four. I didn't hear them since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Hold on, Liz. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. I'll try and be a humble winner. <laughs> well, the Bernie one, the rugby one. Oh, I should have got them. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so Perfect. we'll go into your favourite hype song now for a Spotify playlist. So if Lucy, if you'd like to go first with your recommendation... Okay, um, well, Danny Kianta, one of the personal trainers at Sport and Exercise, will be all over this song. Um, She also loves it. um, And it's Let Me Go by Duke Dumont. And it's got this nice build-up. I can just imagine myself walking into, you know, maybe a sports ball and picking up the trophy somehow. Yeah, so that's Um. my song. (laughs) That was a good choice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me to sing it. <laughs> you go for Danny. No, you just give Danny a shout out. Danny, yeah. PT, it's for an exercise. Yeah. Give her a shout out. Uh, yeah, from himself. Um, I've gone for Run Boy Run by Woodkid. Um, oh, yeah, it's been around for a while, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's again, it's a kind of slow build-up, but then the drums kick in and you just feel like, you know, when you're feeling a bit tired, if that song comes on near the end of the playlist, oh, yeah, you are got the energy back in and you're all, oh, you're flying. Yeah. Dave, I don't, I don't quite know it, Dave. Can you can you hum it for us? Um, no. <laughs> uh, I think there's copyright issues on this uh, streaming platform why I started to sing it. Um, but uh, just check it out on your Spotify area. Okay. I'll be on this. But yeah, it was using the Sports Union for the sports ball last year on one of the promotional videos of all the songs. Actually, I remember that's when I oh. first heard the Run by Run song. Oh. There you go, there you go. Yeah, no, it seems to be on all sorts of like sports montages. I don't know, it just yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for joining us on Sport Ed. You're really great, and well done, Lucy, for winning. Thank you. So we say you've got three on the leaderboard at the top now, so that that will need to be beaten. Sadly, I think I think it might be because three is still quite a low score. <laughs> Thank but you, Telfer. We'll see what other <laughs> questions we can sum up for our next interviewers. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Join us again in two weeks for episode two. We can't wait. We'll be chatting all things Olympics with Shona McIntosh, Tokyo 2020 Team GB shooter, and Chris Jones, head of performance swimming. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on our website, usu.ed.ac.uk. Thanks to Jack, Lucy, Sarah, Sasha, Zoe, Lucy, Dave and Telfer, and to Chameleon Lady. I'm Bella, and this has been the very first Sport Ed. Thank you for joining us, and we'll chat with you again soon.